In recent years, accountable care organizations and bundled payment programs have been widely touted as ways to both improve care and reduce costs. Enhanced care coordination in particular was envisioned as a key strategy for reducing readmissions and preventable hospitalizations among high-risk patients. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Michael McWilliams, an Associate Professor of Healthcare Policy and Medicine at Harvard Medical School. Dr. McWilliams has written a perspective article about why reforms designed to increase care coordination may not save money, but may still be valuable. Dr. McWilliams, you write in your article that in the debate over how to redesign payment and delivery systems, it's become accepted that care coordination not only improves outcomes, but also lowers costs. So where's the support for that argument? That's a great question. I think one of the reasons why I thought it worthwhile to write on this is that the more we study that question empirically, the more we find that that conclusion really isn't borne out, whether it's evaluations of care coordination programs directly or patient-centered medical homes that focus on care coordination, there have not been consistent cost savings from those endeavors. I should say, however, that care coordination is incredibly important in and of itself. Coordinated care is better care, and I cannot stress that enough how important it is, particularly for our most vulnerable populations, because our healthcare system can be so fragmented and they can really suffer as a consequence. But I think we do need to be realistic based on the evidence about how much cost savings we should expect from care coordination. So if care coordination shouldn't be judged on the basis of savings or cost, what metrics should researchers be using to evaluate the programs? Well, I think patient experiences are one, and there's certainly more compelling and consistent evidence that care coordination and care management programs really can enhance how patients perceive their care and the overall ratings of care and their access to care. I think also quality improvement and key quality measures as well as patient outcomes, those are all areas where I think we can make tremendous strides in terms of coordinating care better to benefit patients. So are there any institutions that have done well, any ACOs that have done particularly well on those measures, and can other organizations learn from them? That's a great question. It's actually very hard to get at how individual organizations have done in these new payment models. On aggregate, we have found in our work that across all ACOs that there have been really meaningful improvements in patient experiences as well as more modest improvements in other quality measures. I think what's interesting is that the ACO model in and of itself is not a care coordination model. It's a payment model that has a global budget with incentives to stay under that budget. So there are incentives to lower spending by any means, not just care coordination, and then also incentives to improve quality by any means. And what we have found is that there actually have been savings, or at least reductions in utilization, particularly in areas of care that have been traditionally thought as sources of wasteful care, post-acute care, home health, use of high-priced hospital outpatient departments. So the ACOs in aggregate are doing well in terms of lowering spending, and they're doing it without compromising quality, and they're doing it while improving patient experiences, with that latter effect probably being mediated by care coordination. But we are not seeing improvements on average in readmissions or preventable hospitalizations that would suggest that care coordination is the source of the savings. Do you see anything beyond those elements, skilled nursing, home health care, outpatient departments, any other services that could actually be cut to improve spending? Absolutely. I really see the science of wasteful spending reduction to be in its infancy, and I think that area is really undercapitalized and under-resourced relative to the amount of rhetoric and effort and resources that have been pouring into care coordination models, companies promising seamless care and supporting those endeavors with 
health analytics tools. I think that we are spending too little time thinking about ways to directly lower spending. And there's lots of fat to cut. There is evidence that there's a lot of waste in the healthcare system. In the ACO program, Specifically, there's evidence of low-value services such as advanced imaging for back pain being disproportionately targeted by ACOs. So I think this is entirely possible and reasonable. And I think in general, this sort of conflation of care coordination and cost containment is of the same vein as thinking that quality improvement and prevention saves money. Whereas I think we really need to start recognizing that those two things, while somewhat related, are probably more distinct than we would like to think, and that we need to do some things to improve quality, and we need to do other things to lower spending. One of the things you talk about in your article is the fact that care coordination can be expensive, things like information technology, personnel, other resources that are needed to run the programs. Have there been any efforts to streamline that, to lower those overhead costs? There may have. I don't know offhand. I think the larger point there is that Even when care coordination can prevent emergency department visits and hospitalizations, that those quote-unquote savings are really offsets to the total cost of doing that. Sort of three reasons why care coordination probably won't result in substantially lower spending. One is that, and this is a good thing, care coordination inherently involves a lot of efforts to expand access, fill gaps of care, and correct underuse. And those efforts in isolation tend to increase use, not decrease it. And then, as you said, care coordination can be quite costly, and there are the fixed costs associated with that. Those costs may come down, but then there are also variable costs, including the personnel following patients, et cetera. And then third, that it's not just the cost for the patients where there is success, so not just the patient for whom a hospitalization is prevented, What an epidemiologist would call the number needed to treat is greater than one, so we may have to coordinate care for 10 people, 10 patients, in order to prevent that one hospitalization. So once you add it all up, when care coordination does lower utilization, it ends up being partial offsets or, at best, offsets that are enough to cover the other costs of engaging in it. But again, I would argue that we should really not be doing care coordination in order to lower costs. We should be doing it because our patients deserve more. But if we want to spend less, we have to learn how to do less. So finally, to get back to that issue, the overuse, overspending, what can health systems do to cut costs and avoid the accusation that they're rationing care? It's a very challenging area. I think we need better measurement of precisely that. I think the worry is that under new payment models, there will be incentives to stint. Um, And I think the way that plays out will ultimately hinge on our providers' motives and their ability to do what's in the best interest of their patients, as well as our ability to monitor quality in the healthcare system and perhaps with specific measures of stinting or limiting high-value services. There's been a lot of work done on measuring low-value services so we can directly measure the amount of overuse that is reduced in these models, and that can be helpful as well. Thank you, Dr. McWilliams.